Hi everyone, my name is Laura and you're listening to LF Photo Space, a podcast dedicated to all things photography from my perspective. And I want to say a quick hi and kind of uh, hey guys, I'm back because I have been away for a little bit. I've had work-related stuff that has kept me a little bit busier than I expected and the issue with traveling and not traveling and showing and not showing capturing and not capturing imagery has been playing me back and forth for the last few weeks so I just want to say that I'm back I'm happy to be back and happy to be in my element I also want to talk a little bit about our current situation and I know that it isn't photography related but it is something that I really do want to bring up because I feel that it is important given our current situation with COVID and whatnot and the issues with wearing a mask and not wearing a mask my opinion and always this is always my opinion and everyone is entitled to their own opinion based on their experiences and based on their personal facts but i have to say that if this so-called variant is running rampant in every other city that i can think of my best recommendation to you all would be to not make this situation political make sure that you're doing it for the actual fact that you care for other individuals, whether you personally know them or not, whether or not they are your neighbor or whether or not they are your friend, for your self-care, for the self-care of others, and basically out of respect and humanity for individuals that you may not know. Um, I recently lost yet another family member due to this gruesome virus, and it has been a very lengthy, very time-consuming, and very stressful six to eight months because if your family member or a family member passes on specifically during this time, you don't really get to see them, you don't really get to say your last goodbye, and so you have every possible emotion that you can imagine you feel guilty because you're all here and that person isn't there. I know that I felt that. I know that I felt sad and happy at the same time. And I know that many, many, many times I've thought, wow, I should be so lucky. Or, you know, why do I get to stay in this world? And why does that person not able to do that? Or why can't they do the same? And so questions like that will come about. But I just wanted to give you my perspective my opinion and how i feel about it you know get vaccinated make sure that you're covered i know that this is not the cure to the entire disease but it is a way to keep yourself out of the hospital for the situation to get worse and for you to have a, a more adverse effect to this crazy rampant uh running virus And I just want to say, you know, if you're comfortable to share any stories or anything related, any topics that you want to talk about, maybe you want to make a theme of COVID-19 as part of your work, as part of your photographic work, you're 
more than welcome to reach out to me. I actually did a short synopsis of what I really wanted to do regarding COVID at the beginning of last year because I too was diagnosed with COVID and I never left my house. And that's another story for another day. But, you know, if that's something that interests you some some way, shape or form that you want to show your empathy, that you want to show your respect, that you want to show your appreciation for healthcare workers, for those heroes in the front lines, those have those individuals that have been working around the clock to help individuals like us, to help those in need, to help those who actually may have fallen ill to this disease, you know, reach out to me. Let me know what you think. Send me a voice message. Everyone here is welcome. This is an open forum. This is an open space. This is a photo space specifically for any type of artistic work that anyone is interested in, regardless and free of criticism or any type of stereotyping. I do my best to portray everything in the best possible way that I can. It's the way that I grew up, it's the way that I was raised, and therefore I am open. You know, again, we all have our opinions, we all have our train of thought, we all provide a different perspective to who we are in our everyday lives, and even on the most important events of our lives, but just be mindful, guys, be open, and don't make this anything political make it health care wise health wise and stay safe keep safe keep your distance and you can still do what you want to do you can still inspire others you can still inspire through your work and that's something that can stay with you regardless okay so to begin our first triple podcast of this weekend we're gonna talk about the idea of buying a compact camera and how this can be relevant to the type of photography that you're using as well as the types of compact cameras that that are out there in the market at this time so if we talk about the idea of a smartphone camera or a compact camera we realize that smartphones in general have really evolved to be particularly a way or a a type of equipment that makes point and shoot or point and shooting photography um, extremely great and very easily done. And so the question we ask ourselves is, are dedicated compact cameras really still relevant? And are they even worth buying? Because many of us use our smartphones for some of the photography that we've done, or, you know, whether we want to make it easy to point and shoot as opposed to opening your bag camera, taking out your camera, making sure that it's charged, making sure that you've got the right angle, you know, you you kind of, it, it, it actually jumps a few steps ahead where you don't have to proportion your camera. You can actually just grab your, your smartphone and make a few adjustments and boom, you can take your first set of images. But in my opinion, compact cameras have, they've been in a fight for a long time. You know, compact cameras and smartphone cameras. And in the span of about 10 years or so, you all know that phone cameras have turned from afterthoughts 
into multicam, high resolution, computational wizards that are easily set to handle all those challenging scenarios from low light to even popping portraits. And so compact cameras have become the one trick pony. You know, the point and shoot compacts, they offer similar picture quality to recent smartphones and they really they really didn't stand out or stand a chance in the face of, you know, the investment that you're making and the progress that you're making when you're purchasing, you know, a multi-purpose device that you can carry in your pocket. So if you think about it, if you're going to compare your compact camera, which is a very small camera with a very minimal lens, it's almost like the size of a small box and compare that to your iPhone per se, then, you know, what is the relevance? What is the importance of letting go of your phone or your smartphone for a second and making that compact camera more desirable for your projects and your work? Um, many of today's camera manufacturers are redefining what is expected to be used or what is expected from our pocket cameras or our smartphone cameras. And they are continuing to enjoy what these smartphone cameras are doing. And therefore, you know, you've got a bunch of increasingly capable compact cameras that are still relevant within today's photography or maybe today's photography world. And, you know, many of the ones that you want to consider if you are still interested in using both a compact camera and your digital phone camera, you know, you can start with your point and shoot. And although many of these point and shoot cameras were originally phased out at the beginning of this year of 2021 many of the cutting edge compact cameras like you know let's say the Leica or Fujifilm or even the instant film camera that you can actually carry in your pocket because it is small enough can be categorized into seven different groups so you've got your premium you've got your big sensor you've got your travel zoom you've got your rugged you've got your action, you've got instant and what we all call vlogging cameras. Now, for instance, in 2012, the Sony Cybershot, which is the Sony Cybershot RX100, was announced and redefined what a compact camera was at that time. Okay, it included a much larger one inch image sensor, which automatically lets you know once you're in the process of pointing and shooting at a specific um, subject or at, at the moment that you're shooting that first picture. And they also gave it a high quality fast lens and the actual out, outer body or I guess the body was more of a sturdy metal. It was more of a stronger metal. It was more in tune with maybe dropping it or maybe running it through a different system, whatever the case was, it, it was a little bit more sturdy than your average point and shoot camera that if it fell on the ground, you would run the risk of it, you know, ruining it or breaking a piece or having to replace it or maybe repair it. And with that in mind, um, 
once Sony started creating the Cybershot RX100, this opened up a new and more compact, a different way and a different type of camera previously considered just compact and now considered a premium compact. And so out of that premium compact style or that premium compact concept, I can say seven iterations on the Sony RX100 faced wide competition, meaning that now you not only had a one particular type of compact camera, but you had premium compact cameras that were more expensive than ever, but they packed much more features or many more incredible features that can make your average memories or your average photographs look even better than what they did with a compact camera, with a regular compact camera. And so another step up from a premium compact, another premium compact camera in terms of sizing um, was what they called the big sensor camera. Basically, it meant that, you know, if you wanted to stretch the label on calling this particular type of camera compact, these premium or big sensor cameras or big premium sensor compact cameras included an APS-C or what we like to call, what we photographers like to call a full frame sensor. And this was paired with a moderate wide angle, fixed focal length and fast aperture lens, meaning that you had pretty much the best of both worlds. So you had a wide angle specifically redesigned for that small type of camera, but you also had great focal length, meaning you had enough of a long lens where you can actually capture 45 to 55 millimeter images, or you can go into depth into the length between the object that you were photographing and where you were holding your camera alongside a better aperture lens, which meant that you were able to recreate certain images with natural lighting. And you can still get all those great images, but in a smaller version of your typical DSLR camera or your typical big, big, let's say film camera. Okay. Many of these big sensor compact cameras do also include um, Fujifilm, like I mentioned before. Fujifilm was actually one of the first big sensor compact cameras that, that was introduced alongside with the Sony RX100. And it actually became ideal or it became the ideal camera for working with low lights, for maybe perhaps even environmental portraits, street and reportage photography, meaning street photography, journalistic photography, and it became widely known and widely respected because of the images that you were able to shoot with this very small but very prepared camera. There was also another type of or another brand of a small compact camera by the name of Ricoh. I know many of you may or may not have heard of this brand. It's actually a camera brand. And there's also um, printers, professional printers, office printers by the name of Ricoh that are 
within that family of photographing and printing ideas and printing equipment. And so this one was called the Rico GR3. All right. And another thing that became big with compact cameras was a travel zoom. And now a travel zoom is based on two main qualities, at least for these particular these particular types of compact cameras. Now you have to think it's compact in size with a very vast optical zoom range. Like I mentioned before, you can go from 45 to 55 millimeters and it's actually a more compact uh, piece of equipment with respect to, you know, lugging it around and having the same type of effect as a regular 45 to 55 millimeter range lens that you can use on an actual full-size camera. And one particular brand that focused a lot on that was Leica, like I said, it is spelled L-E-I-C-A, spelled Leica, but pronounced Leica, and that was the Lumix. And that is one of my favorite compact cameras, and I have used them before. They are extremely expensive, but in my opinion, they are very well worth the cost and you actually get what you pay for because you have incredible shots that you can take and you have to do very little and when it comes to editing once you take photographs with these types of cameras it is such a such such a, uh, a simpler process less complicated than your average digital cameras or your average you know film cameras and it is such a pleasure to use now Another camera, case in point, that was considered a great compact camera with very cool travel zoom was the Panasonic TZ200. Okay, with its 15 time optical zoom range covering anything from landscapes to close ups or even far away action, this pretty little thing that you could actually put in the pocket of your jeans or your pants or even in your, the pocket of your bag was designed specifically for traveling and it still offered better optical zoom than the latest smartphones. Now you have to think, this is a compact camera, this is still a camera, and you're comparing it to your smartphone, which pretty much allows you to point and shoot. You have lenses, but you don't have the, the capability of extending those lenses on your smartphone the same way that you would be able to on your compact camera. So just, just trying to help you visualize this type of equipment that you can and are able to buy if you are interested now once we go from traveling zoom and the idea of carrying along a compact travel camera or a compact camera for travel purposes you also have to think about the rugged aspect of your compact camera and now many of you are probably asking yourselves what is a rugged camera well a rugged camera has a very texturized outer shell or body that sustains either heavy use, maybe a slip and fall, maybe you're using it for out, you know, for outings, for traveling again, going into the outdoors. And this camera, or specifically its body, will protect it from either 
getting scratched per se or maybe ruining your images or messing with your lenses and so when we talk about rugged compacts again we're talking about rugged compact cameras the first camera that came came to mind or comes to mind and it's one of the many even though you know many individuals have distinctive tastes for different types of camera i actually shot with olympus as i was learning and i was training for photography overall i shot in film with olympus and i also shot digital with olympus and so the olympus tg6 again the olympus tg6 was designed to withstand the toughest environments now we're thinking okay you're thinking traveling you're thinking the outdoors if you want a compact camera and you're actually traveling in the outdoors you're going to the river you're going to the forest you're going into you know let's say the serengeti um this would be the ideal camera for you because it's it was designed to withstand some of the toughest environments and it's completely waterproof shockproof and freeze-proof so let's say that you're in the middle of the antarctic and you're shooting i don't know a mountain lion whatever the case is i'm just going out there and rambling but this would be the camera for you because it has everything that you could possibly think of if you're that type of outdoor adventure photographer so you're talking about shockproof you're talking about waterproof you're talking about freeze-proof and You know, many of us can say that if you're in the middle of taking a picture and you're using your smartphone, you have run into the issue of your smartphone simply malfunctioning after a brief dunk or maybe after a brief padding either by the pool or maybe you drop it and you're in the middle of shooting something. You know, the appeal of this camera, you can't compare it to an actual smartphone because because of its ruggedness it is all too clear that this would be the type of camera that you want to definitely invest in if you're looking to shoot outdoors whatever your adventure may be and when we talk about rugged compact cameras we also talk about the traveling we just mentioned it now we also said outdoors hanging out in the wild hanging out in the cold in the freezing rain whatever the case may be that also brings along action and with action you have a compact action camera and so what is an action camera now think of this an action an, an action camera or an action compact camera is a very small mountable box camera with an ultra wide lens angle or with a wide angle lens that is specifically designed to capture your adrenaline filled adventures in 4k so in other words it's an action camera it's gonna shoot in film or it's gonna shoot like it's shooting a movie and if that's something that you want to invest in it's something that you want to purchase that you're gonna use and you know you're gonna use eventually then definitely make it to or added to your bucket list of camera shopping because it is definitely a good option to have depending on the type of photography you want to venture out in or explore now the perfect action camera in my opinion is the much more immortalized gopro um but there are other brands like um 
GoPro Hero or the GoPro Hero 9 that are definitely worth checking out. But definitely GoPro because of the type of photography, the type of action photography that you can take with the minimal use of your space, with the minimal type of heavy equipment that you would be required to take along with you, this would be perfect. Now, when we talk about action cameras, we all should we all should talk about instant cameras. And one of my favorite instant cameras, I have to say, and I remember having as a kid when it was just a hot commodity overall is the instant camera and specifically the Polaroid Go or the Fujifilm, like I mentioned before, it's called the Instax Mini 11. And these are now considered the genuinely compact alternatives to your other compact cameras. These are much more direct. Um, they basically fall under the Polaroid category and are in an entire category by themselves. Now, these are super fun to use, very simple to use. And I say that their charm is based on how they appeal to young photographers, to kids, to those photographers that are looking for something simple and fun to use, to have fun with. You know, someone perhaps, or those who don't want to take their photography too seriously, but really do. And it provides immediate mini photo prints to keep or to share, which is really, really cool. And if you know anything about Polaroid, you know that Polaroid has been around for years. You know that you take a picture and there's film that instantly develops as you finish taking that image okay and my favorite is like i said the fujifilm instax or if you're looking for something to originally try just to see how you do aside from having your digital camera or your more compact camera i definitely recommend the polaroid go and now one final category to add to the type of compact camera that you might want to seek out or maybe learn more about definitely comes in when you're talking about vlogging so what is a vlogging camera now you know even though many cameras can vlog v-l-o-g yes not blog but vlog we're looking at cameras primarily marketed and designed with the vlogger in mind meaning that You know, you use it for blogging, for specific projects that involve recording as you work on projects or recording stuff as you're maybe demonstrating, you're talking about something in particular, you're giving a presentation. Our best, best um, recommendation would be to check out the Sony ZV-1. And that one is going to give you as much of a vlogging experience as you can possibly get. And it is very simple to use. You will definitely benefit by checking it out and using it. Read more about it if it's something that you want to consider trying. If it's something that you feel that you can do, definitely go ahead and check it out. This camera is very cool and it has several different settings where you're allowed to record how you're set up, how you're setting up, how you're speaking, what you're recording. So definitely keep that in mind, okay? Now, if you wanna think about 
how these two types of cameras compare or why are some compact cameras better to purchase than smartphones now we have to think that physical size has a lot to do with it okay you have to think that image sensors have to have a specific size and when you're talking about image sensors and you're talking about your camera equipment size matters because there's only so much that a, an image sensor can provide you if you're using a smartphone you have to think that a smartphone is still a phone and the purpose of a camera is to enhance whatever the smartphone can do but it is definitely not the best option when you're photographing there are limitations that you have there are things that you may not be able to do as part of what you're trying to photograph with a smartphone okay and why is size important good question <laughs> well you have to think about image quality and it can be hampered by small sensor size lenses or compact cameras that provide perhaps more of a physical depth to play with making larger sensors possible so when you think about a sensor you're thinking about the size of the image that you're taking when you're using your smartphone and what your compact camera although it is still compact it's still smaller it's never going to be smaller than your average camera and that along makes your sensor your image sensor fit better in a compact camera because it's still a camera as opposed to a smartphone camera and at their best and often you know jaw-dropping efficiency a lot of the smartphones today rely on computational photography and that's sort of a workaround of a small sensor limitation so you have to think most of these smartphones do have sensors but they're very very tiny because they have to fit the size of the camera that is installed on the smartphone and its capabilities so for example if you go to portrait mode um on your smartphone you can blur the background for popping portraits yes that can be done but computational photography is never going to be a hundred percent reliable now you think computational photography it's something that your smartphone will actually do for you as opposed to you working around your camera to make sure that you capture what you want to capture out of that image and now focusing and going back to portrait mode that works by applying a uniform blur to your subject surroundings with no true depth and even in 2021 even today it remains susceptible to digital artifacts meaning that digital sometimes is not 100 reliable okay the keen eye that you notice um when you realize that there are imperfections when you're shooting with a, a smartphone camera are basically evident if you are a photographer and you know what i'm talking about you'll see that there will be discrepancies there will be imperfections when you're photographing with your smartphone now if you're talking about a large sensor compact camera or a large sensor in a regular camera you have to think that the fast aperture compact creates more of a genuine depth of field more of a blur than the actual smartphone camera because it all depends on that size of that sensor and then another limitation that 
your smartphone may have against a regular compact or a regular camera is the sensor size can be and will be dynamic in range because a smaller sensor captures less highlights and less shadow detail in a single picture. Now again, smartphones use computational photography via a multi-dimensional frame or a multi-dimensional capture frame or frame capture and that is called the HDR and that increases or helps to increase dynamic range. You know, perhaps an approach is fine when your scene is static when you're using a smartphone, but if there is fast movement going on, then you'll get unwanted ghosting. And what does the unwanted ghosting mean? It means that you will get more of a blur, but it will look more like of a ghostly blur as opposed to an actual regular blur while you're trying to capture the depth of everything else that's around that specific subject. Okay. And overall, phone night modes, when we talk about a different type of mode, if you're shooting at night, they pose the same headache with respect to movement because they use the long exposure and the stabilization to get bright, sharp shots. And ultimately, the computational photography that is tackling the smartphone sensor size is definitely closing the image quick in its gap. So basically, as the image, as you're photographing that image, it's closing in on that image and it's definitely reducing it. Okay? But there are other limits that still are comparable to compact cameras many of the smartphones of today they do use um, focal lens and optical zooms but a smartphone's lens technology is still no match to compact cameras like the travel zooms that offer a much greater reach for when you're photographing something in depth now, other handling benefits with dedicated cameras also include um, those with the option to use a viewfinder, which is specifically helpful for clear viewing and when you want to capture bright light. And those with tilting screens also make shooting at awkward angles a breeze, while superior weatherproofing and build quality, especially in the case of rugged compact cameras, are also great reasons to have a dedicated camera and so one last thing definitely autofocus performance is an entirely different proposition on compacts so keep that in mind guys and with this we're going to go ahead and end but if you have questions about any type of compact camera that you may or may not have reached out about or maybe have research on it that you'd like to get more of an answer about, please feel free to send me a message. Please feel free to leave me a voice message. You can reach me via email at laophotographs at gmail.com and I'd be happy to answer any questions you have, give you some guidance provide you with as much information as possible. And so with this, we end, but we will be back shortly for our other podcast episode with a totally different subject. And we will continue more of this conversation. But for now, we're going to say goodbye and we will talk to you soon.